Party people, welcome to another Cyber Soul. I am with um, the infamous Gary Haycock West, great friend. I've known him for nearly 20 years, uh, business friend, and worst of all, he's got a lot of stories on me. Hopefully, he's kind to me. But I'm really looking forward to getting to know Gary a bit better and sharing some of his great stories. Gary, great to have you on the sofa. Mate, that sounds worrying when you say that. But uh, hey, ho-hum. Why am I here, Jamie? Well, you are here, Gary, because I'm really interested in getting under the bonnet of Gary Haycock West. We've been friends. We've done business together for many years. But I'm really interested to hear your story. Where did it all begin, Gary? What an opportunity for me to bang my gums and tell a story. Well, there we go. Well, 59 years old. Uh, grew up in Essex, uh, proud of the fact, uh, for 25 years, moved on to Sussex and now live in the Channel Islands. But where did it all, all start? I, uh, uh, my father was a plumber, as he would say, in the days when plumbers didn't earn any money. Uh, so given lots of love in life and, uh, and I think the, the plumbing dynamic, sort of whilst being slightly tongue-in-cheek, knowing how to work with my hands and being quite practically minded, gave me a, a sense of value, a sense of feet on the ground and actually being able to, to work and have a good work ethic and work dynamic. Um, my, uh, I used to knock around with one of my older cousins who was in IT or probably before it was called IT. Uh, I remember for different reasons, he used to work for Lovable Bras, I think they were called, and uh, as a, an IT operator, computer operator. And while still at school, did a few days going to work for him. I thought, this looks like not a lot of work and was paying quite much, quite good money. So giving him a good lifestyle. So my IT career, if you like, started off on the back of IBM mainframes um, for a company called Key Markets, a, a cheap end supermarket chain, probably like the Aldi's, Lidl's of this world. Then went through to manufacturing, May and Baker, as they were. No, they don't make matches. And, uh, and then into the city, BZW. So all on the back of IBM mainframe operations, support, support dynamics. Tell me a bit about your family, you know, around, you know, because you've made that journey sound really, really, really easy. Yeah. And uh, I, I, know it, I know it's not. What was, um, you know, brothers, sisters, tell me a bit about your, 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 family, your family dynamics. Oh, right. Okay. I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. Uh, my sister met a man on holiday and moved north for, for many years and then uh, uh, separated and got divorced and is actually just remarried and now lives in the Midlands. So uh, she's still a bit further north. I mean, I jumped on an aeroplane and went south, but uh, very, very close with, with my sister, my, my niece and nephew. And my brother and his three lovely kids, uh, he lives in Chislehurst in, in Kent. And he went, took a very different path. He was uh, a treasury manager for, for Shell Oil. So three siblings had quite different careers and different things. And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, younger Gary. Uh, what did you enjoy doing? Uh, give, give me a little favour for that. Well, if we go young, young, uh, probably a character that wouldn't 
you wouldn't necessarily recognise. Uh, I, I was, uh, I'd say, a bit of a loner uh, through school years, uh, the senior school years. Didn't really, I, I failed my 11 plus, so I went to what that was called a secondary modern school for boys and girls. And and really, uh, my my co uh, my colleagues, my school friends, we all learned to use these. It was you're going to be a electrician, a bricky, a plumber, uh, etc. And I think that was the uh, educational streaming at that time. So I am quite practically minded, and, and work with with my father, but uh, in a younger younger time. But it it got me going thinking about things in a different way. So I there was a I couldn't do a paper round because I couldn't get up early in the morning. But a lady used to turn up with this big old truck and dump big piles of newspaper outside the house. And you got paid to go and put these through the letterbox of this whole estate. And whilst doing this, it was about once a month, it paid a fiver or something it was. And uh, a couple of people, I'm putting it through the letterbox and have said, I don't know why you do this. I never read it. I don't want it. I'll put it in a, in a scrap. I thought, Hmm, scrap. So I worked out a week later, I'd go round all the same places, knocking on the doors, collecting scrap paper, filling up my dad's garage to uh, uh, to then fill his van up to take it down the paper mill and make a few pounds. So I think my journey as a, a sort of a dabbler started making the old bike up and, and selling it and that type of thing. And uh, But I was quite a, a lonely child, I think, in that way. Loving family and siblings, but uh, quite introverted. And I, I, I found out in later life, uh, my, my second son was diagnosed at the age of eight with ADHD. And uh, my ex-wife was reading a book at the, at the time, and the first paragraph said, there'd be many a parent reading this, saying, this is me. And at the time, ADHD... And only really been diagnosed the last 25 30 years and uh, I, I, I spent my thousand pounds went off to the learning assessment center and I'd like to think I'm fairly perceptive but uh, I had to do this psychometric testing this uh, IQ testing and I weren't getting a steer from them I'm thinking well, you know have I have I not have I have I not and um, got to the end and it was like this big drum roll, really. And about, oh, yeah, you're riddled, mate. You're classic. You're entrepreneurial. Got your own business. And they call it the hidden disability. Um, and, and typically, why you end up with your own business is you, you sort of end up working with people that understand your limitations. I don't have the obvious limitations that uh, you, you would uh, put with a disability. It's just the, the way I work. But it did start to explain... Some of the attributes of uh, as a child being, uh, you know, a little bit lonely, didn't really like the football, didn't really like that and didn't do that. But I think that all changed as I got to, I think, probably 14, 15 years old. Started working in a supermarket. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, found a different group of friends and life developed in and, and social life developed. And... Uh, yeah, I uh, started plying my white box jacket, uh, dancing to Saturday Night Fever, thinking, did John Travolta have the right way or the wrong way? You know, so. You had me at Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> no, I've never, never seen that as a, a segue into everything, into anything. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, uh, young Gary in business. I mean, it, it, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Okay. 
And just to set the record straight, I did attempt to have a, ma a mullet as well, but uh, I think all pictures have been destroyed under Very penalty wise. of death. But, uh, but there we go. Yeah, Gar Gary in business. I think uh, I need to go back just a, a little stage before then that um, to, to help shape where my career has gone today. So from uh, doing computer science at school when it wasn't a very mature subject in its own right, I ended up working for a company called Key Markets as a, a, an IBM computer operator, as they were called, working shift work, and uh, absolutely embraced this. Uh, but the shift work was very interesting because it, it gave me a good income and I found myself buying and selling cars um, and doing various other things that I think were the beginnings of the sort of entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, and I know we're only talking amongst friends here, so don't tell anyone. Yeah. But uh, I did go on to uh, buy a sunbed uh, that uh, I ended up renting to my, my sister's friend. I'd have had a bit of that. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> would have done. And and within two months, I had six of these things. Used to move them around on a, on a Sunday, 10 or a week. Minimum of two weeks. It was fabulous, mate. Mate, it was it, it was joyous fun. But having worked in retail uh, in operations, then went to work for a company called Man Baker. Everyone thinks they make matches and they don't. Pharmaceutical agrochemicals, and become a more senior operations, went into support. And I think that was the introduction to understanding users and user experiences and some user challenges. Uh, and after a very successful career uh, at Mayan Baker, moved on to the city. Uh, the company was called BZW, Bartley's Dezootwed, uh, largely the remnants of a bar cap now that we, we know mm -hmm. today. And that, that was a, a deep end and, and a couple of bricks time. Uh, I was supporting nine platforms, uh, of, of which eight of them I'd never used before. So from a, a problem and change management mm -hmm. uh, aspects of that absolutely loved the city life it was just post big bang and i had that wonderful job of telling all them very very intelligent highly paid people that were their brief was just make it work for big bang i come along and said where's the bits of paper you can't do it like that you can't do it like that and where's the documentation so popular wasn't my middle name but uh, but again career defining it made me realize the difference between financial institutions where it's about credibility etc where the previous company manufacturing very very cost sensitive everything is linked back to the end product and is your baked beans going to be half a penny more per tin they can't afford to do it but a finance guy is very much had to be seen or to do the the, the right things uh, in in their uh, uh, their sector i um i was enjoying quite a, a nice uh career at, at BZW and I got a phone call from a, a company based in Sussex Macro 4 PLC they were looking for a, a, a salesman and uh, I ended up having four interviews um, and to quote the MD uh, at the time he thought I was a bit of a rough diamond so he put me with his five well uh, refined uh, educated salesmen uh, that were generally probably five to ten years older than me and he said, blow me down. I phone up the sales office six months after you, uh, you start. And they say, oh, he's busy. He's on the dog talking to a punter. And he said, I realised that the rough diamonds had roughened up my, my sales team. But uh, 
it, it was it was a very enjoyable time there and uh being rewarded for your own success just positively uh projected me into doing what i'm doing and, and love sales and uh and i got the accolade at a global top salesman on a two years so yeah that, that was good that was good um i then got um, headhunted by an israeli business uh, that ultimately become bmc software uh, for those that are familiar with that area and uh, was asked to set up uh, their uk entity which i'd never done before uh, um, ended up doing that uh, and enjoyed that but our routes to market were sales of their products but we weren't given any budget to actually provide the engineering to go with it so it became quite a challenging situation because the end users of their products were very large mainframe organizations in the uk and they were asking for some quite heavy consultancy services so uh, me and a, a colleague uh, that business set up our our own business uh sx consultancy um it was a play on words at the time that uh, sx consultancy with that yeah yeah uh, it was clever. It was early days of firewalling, uh, and we had the URL sxc.co.uk, a free little word with one letter S and one letter X. Yeah. Didn't go through many firewalls, so that made our, our promotions were a little bit hard. But um, Essex, uh, we grew very nicely. Uh, we got voted Deloitte and two sixth top growing company it's in incredible. the UK, um, and we got to a lovely little word. Uh, little gong to go with that uh keith and i uh decided we wanted to go in slightly different directions with the business so i ended up selling out my 50 percent of the business to keith and and he went on to do what he did with the business gary that's a, it's an incredible journey um in terms of the experiences that you gain you know ultimately sx aside love the love the love the url that was <laughs> must have been challenging yes digital marketing strategy needs to be reviewed um but I'm really keen on what did you learn from that moving towards into your ultimately the bit that I really know you from, which is Blue Cube. Okay. Um, and I would say ultimately, what were the values that you took from that as well? So there's a couple of areas I'd love to uh, okay. to tackle. Well, isn't it amazing, Jamie? Uh, I set up Blue Cube Security Limited in year 2000. Here we are, 2022. So we're 22 years on. Uh, I think I was probably a bit smaller and I certainly had darker hair at that point, but hey. Um, I, I, a few fundamentals for me with regard to setting up Blue Cube. I set it up as a sole shareholder. Uh, so having gone through setting up a business with a, with a partner and then, you know, really unexpectedly having to change that situation because we couldn't agree on where we where we were uh, so the foundations of blue cube was to try and believe in where i was going and what i'd learned and what i'd learned i felt through my my background was a, a sense of i need to offer a service i need to offer solutions and um, so blue cube was born solely in the we called it security which became it security which is ultimately as we generally refer to as cyber security it's trendy these days it? <laughs> mate it's if the slightly anecdotal funny story was in our first office in uh, forest row in east sussex um, my old uh, office manager she was uh, outside as you do having a fag 
and uh, this this guy come up, a bit of a rough bloke. He said, um, "Is the governor in?" And she said, well, "Well, why? Why do you want to speak to him?" Uh, I need some security, and um, she wasn't that unattractive. And maybe you could surmise might have done a little bit of dancing. It seen me looking like a thug, and uh, assumed that I did a bit more on the main guarding side of life. So. That's when Different we get... type of security. Again, work on the marketing, Gary. Yeah. You got it. That's when we introduced the word IT security into the strap line that, that evolved into cyber security. Um, but I learned from um, my background from the retail and the financial sectors of manufacturing that when I was signing up as a reseller for the major names that, that we all know and love, and in fact where our relationship started, is the vendors wanted exclusivity so they wanted us only to do and i'll generally keep some of them vendor names out of it but they wanted us only to sell their firewall where for blue cube to be true to our ethos was to be vendor independent and give the customer what we truly believe what was right for them i couldn't do that and it was it was a bit of a battlefield to start with and we didn't always uh, wasn't always able to sell the vendors that we wanted to because they wouldn't allow us to, to have multiple products in the portfolio i think today that that really that's changed dramatically and uh, you can sell what you want so we started off as a an it reseller uh, with great support from you in your unipalm days if youth. i yeah, yeah. Uh, and your booth on and uh, you know and i always knew that i was very popular on a, on a friday afternoon and we went on to find out why that was, Jamie, don't we? But uh, We do well, indeed. <laughs> now, um, we then started to bring on our engineers and take on the engineering accreditations to work hand in hand with those reseller agreements. And that's then evolved into consultancy services. Yeah. And, and now I, I look at the business where, yes, we sell products, but the lead of the of the business is consultancy services that is actually independent of the the technology but gary what, what, what were the because you've got this great way of making things sound quite simple and easy and that's half the half the charm and half the skill that you have but what were the the hurdles that you what were the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome in those early stages of really breaking into a, a new market well, thank you for them, them, them nice compliments. Um, the, the, the challenges were immense, um, privately funded. So, you know, uh, that was always a challenge. Uh, personal guarantees for a big part of the, uh, the beginning and actually the middle of the, of the business. It's only when that critical mass got to such a size, I wasn't having to put my house on the line etc and it's a big ask when you've got four kids you know mm -hmm. you, you, they are a, 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 a priority in all our lives and perhaps we'll touch on on family in a moment but having to do that having to work the hours that we have to work and trying to take a balance of being a father being a husband uh, in, in those type of things uh new business that was trying to compete against some well-known names uh, uh, with large customers um, and that that was always hard so but we achieved it and we've got some a wonderful array of customers some 22 years on from some large enterprises and scaling it right down to relatively small businesses in terms of offering our cyber security solutions um, 
attracting staff has always been a, a, a challenge. Possibly a, uh, something I should have changed uh, some years ago. Excuse me, sorry. Um, is that we're based in East Grinstead in West Sussex, which was, come as no surprise, where home is. And uh, it's not quite on the centre of the universe map for uh, wannabe salespeople, wannabe technicians. They tend to gravitate to Brighton or London or elsewhere. So trying to attract the right staff and help us grow uh, has always been a, a bit of a challenge. But uh, again, critical mass is where it is today with the business. And, um, you know, I'm pleased to say we've got a great complement of staff and still expanding as we speak. But Murphy, I think the story has to be told. The story has to be told for your viewer. If you decide to cut this bit out, I think it will be a travesty. Um, Jamie is very supportive of, of Blue Cube and uh, he worked for Unipom and he was very, very industrious with a couple of his colleagues at promoting various uh, products into our organisation. And, and Murphy let me know one day that he'd taken a slight change in career within the company <laughs> and he was heading up the, I believe it's called Home Automation or... Home Automation, Gary. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, I remember this vaguely. You're going slightly red, Jamie. That's okay, okay. that's okay. my tag. That's all right then, that's good. Mine's blood pressure, by the way. Okay. But, uh, and um, I think simply, simply put, uh, the home automation was looking for uh, people with secondary homes that they could monitor remotely. And I was very fortunate that I had some properties in the, in Portugal, which Jamie and I share a love of a certain part of the Western Algarve and had socialised down there. And he felt that it would be great if I wanted to use these properties as a, let's call it a guinea pig, to um, promote their services, which I was very open-minded to do so. But mutually, we agreed we would use my family home in Sussex to uh, to to set the scene and get the get the business running, uh, and and test the technology. And it didn't really quite go as well as we'd hoped, mate. Was it? It wasn't my uh, my finest project management, uh, but it wasn't for the want of uh, never not 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 trying and wanting the best for I, you, mate. I, I think that it was probably simply put. The transition from what works very well in a lab and engineers screwing things together to lab engineers coming to someone's home and uh, uh, destroying it is, uh, is probably well, best lesson. Well, one of my, well, one of the biggest lessons that I had in life was when I when I drove up to your house on eight o'clock on a Saturday morning <laughs> after you'd shouted at me on a Friday and uh, you, you'd hit home enough for me to go, do you know what? Be accountable, Murphy. Go and and I remember knocking on the door and your 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 wife Sharon shouting that. Well, who is this guy at the door? And he's the guy who's apologising for the hole. So, yeah. and a testament well. to your character, Jamie. While we're still great friends and business colleagues, uh, some many years on, uh, we all go through ups and downs in their career. And uh, you you took that as a springboard to go on and do fantastically great things. And, uh, you know, always looked at what you've done from the sidelines with great admiration. So, Appreciate it, mate. Yeah. Blue Cube, 22 years, hell of a hell of a journey. Mm. And what strikes me is, um, is obviously you're going over those hurdles and the resilience you have to show. And I know that full well. And um, and and I looked to you and, and the, the journey you've been on with, huge admiration and respect 
but I'm really interested to see what are the bits that keep you going. Tell me about the passion and the motivation side that that gets you you what you know doing this today. Well, yeah, uh, and it's it's funny actually. Sort of listening to that question, you sort of come back and you go, yeah, what is it? And and I think it it goes back to childhood, uh, growing up on a council estate, and and actually that giving me some good foundation stones, but actually wanting to grow beyond that and and the the, uh, the trappings of success. I like my toys, I like my cars, etc. So, you know, without using too many cliches, but the harder I was working, the more successful I was getting. So, in terms of that, the business Blue Cube has grown very well with great support of our team uh, and, and you know i've got members of our team now that have been with us 17 18 years 20 years one guy's actually was with me with sx consultancy so he's been with me 25 years so <laughs> it, it's really gone straight from university so i'm very very blessed with that i think the team dynamic also i've always loved my rugby and um so I think oh, I am that guy. I'm not the fisherman. Uh, I'm the I'm the team player. Uh, sadly, my my rugby career is somewhat behind me nowadays. Uh, but I, even even that though, uh, I'm a non-exec member of uh, East Guernsey Rugby Club and Guernsey Rugby Club. So uh, I still try and put back in and, and a debenture holder at Twickenham. But I suppose more relevant to my life in terms of. Uh, and using Blue Cube as a, as, as a springboard, Blue Cube's been very good to, to me and others uh, financially, and it's allowed me to to invest and buy into some other businesses, and and a couple of standout ones. Uh, having a good friend that's an insolvency practitioner um, is always a bit challenging when he'll phone up with some train crash or the other, and uh, he phoned me up one day and he said, Gary, I've got a catering butchers. It, it, it's it's failed as a business and uh, with a little bit of time and investment you know it's right up your street sounds a winner gary yeah <laughs> so my first question what the hell is a catering butchers he said butchery to the the great and good in london i said what do i know about butchery he said well you've eaten a lot so <laughs> which we couldn't really dispute so uh, i must say i think it was supposed to be 50 grand in and underground out a year later five years on and many many multiples of that uh that was very educational for me because you were dealing with different groups of people different pay structures transportation running vans organic products you've got 80 grams worth of meat sitting in a fridge if it dropped between a certain temperature range it's rubbish money collections you you're dealing with restaurants that seem to go pop overnight and then phone you up the next day and want you to still trade with them even though you've uh, they owe you a load of money didn't have that in in a security world uh through some initial business coaching uh i, I went into a business and ended up owning uh, a fraud investigation business through cognitive interviewing not using technology but using people skills brain skills and you know my part of that was just really putting the business around it the core of that business was was some great fundamental people and that has grown on to do great things as well. So it's been great experiences, but I've taken a little bit of that catering butchers. I've taken a little bit of that fraud investigation and learned as an individual that it's, it's broadened uh, my skill set. 
and I've actually put that back into Blue Cube, probably subconsciously. And I do a little bit of non-exec director work now out of industry. And I really enjoy that. And it gave me, having owned a coaching butchers that wasn't a technology company, it made me realise business is business. You've just got to swap the bits and pieces around. But I think, uh, the, the, and I love a takeaway, you know, I'm listed and, you yeah. know, catering butcher, you like the link there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a loose link. I think the thing that I always like is to reflect and look at some of the things. And some of the things that stand out for me is that you haven't had fear. I mean, that's the yeah. outside yeah. looking in because for you, you're seeing business as business. And that's, and that's something which is, um, you know, is probably the resilient side. Um, but there, there hasn't, you know, there, has there been a point where, you know, you, you've not fear maybe, but uh, intrepidation or how have you got over those sort of areas where, let's be frank, you didn't know catering, you didn't know yeah. some of those businesses that you'd set up. And I think, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Well, I, I, yeah, it feels like you pick a scab when you start thinking about fear because... I, I don't want this to, to look like there's not, not not been fear in there because I think fear brings on attributes where you have to dig deep. And certainly in my business career, there's been some low points. Um, I think the banks have contributed more to that. You know, when there's a business, we had a £300,000 overdraft facility. And because the banking changed their criteria, they dropped it to ten grand overnight. And um, And the challenges that that brings to the business... And then ultimately, as the business owner or part owner in later years, it falls on your shoulders to make it work. And you've got that bigger extended family. And I do look at my business uh, as a family. Yeah, I've only got the, the one business now. And, you know, when you, the way you try, and I'm not saying I get it right all the time, but I try and work with people in, in a very humane correct way and how i'd like to be treated and um when you go the finances are getting tight and the the payroll's getting near then that that is fearful um but it drives behavior um sometimes you can get a little bit desperate um you fall back on what you know as, as a salesman but i think deep down i've always been a salesman and i still enjoy that and i i in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way give anyone a, a go in the ring when it comes to selling as to running a business well i've had some successes but there are people that have been far, far more successful in their the growth of their business than, than i have and good luck to them and i'm very pleased for them uh, i'm very comfortable that what we've done as, as a business today has grown very nicely good foundation stones that through the bad times, if you are going to drop back, it's not a catastrophic fall. You fall back to the last great foundation and then you just have to regroup and rebuild. We all found that through mm. COVID. And the challenge is that you find yourself, how do I reinvent my business to become a remote business? And actually through that year, we had 66% growth. Uh, I couldn't have done it with the, without the agility of the team in the company, the commitment where everyone's going, well, I can do this, I can do that, and we sort of reflect on how that will work. So a testament to you, Gary, for oh. building and, you know, and, and, and I guess building a formidable team and building that passion around the business, which yeah. I, I definitely see today. Yeah, well, thank you. It, you know, it, as I said, 
you can't make it right for everyone all the, of the time. I, I can be a little bit of a hard taskmaster. So, you know, it's I have my style of working. It's, <laughs> there's, there's a few poor Uncommon. souls, <laughs> a few poor souls probably in the industry that have, have worked with me or, or now choose not to. But um, I don't have too many people that run away when I come down and I'm always happy to buy a beer or two in the bar. And uh, um, I've got to know some f- uh, fantastic people within the industry, not only within uh, at Blue Cube, but our trading partners, the supply chain, and indeed customers. And I have, and I absolutely include you, easy for me to say, um, as, a, as a great friend that came from business. But we've actually got some customers that are friends that are now their customers, but they started off as customers hey, and they've become hey, friends. Hey, look, Gary, you know you're a people person that mm. comes shining out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People, it's, it is, it comes back to that rugby thing. I think I I learned this actually. And as I was saying earlier, life had been good and you turn up in your nice car and the guys that don't know you, when you turn up at the rugby club, think who's that guy in the uh, inappropriate car. But once you walk in the change rooms, you get naked, you put your kit on, then you walk out the pitch. You're all in the same and you all need each other to depend because if I'm at the bottom of a ruck, you know, I need people to look after me and vice versa. And, and actually, I think that that dynamic and trying to bring it, we are all you know, human beings. It was really good to hear a little bit more about your passions and some of the, the areas that, that I, didn't, I didn't know about you. Some I did, mm. but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing a bit about influence. I, you know, maybe... I've talked before about mentorship, but I think influence, I'm interested to hear from you. How, you know, what do, where do you gravitate towards? Okay. I think it comes on to, uh, or back to something I mentioned earlier, the sense of family with the business in terms of having that bigger circle of dependence. But I've, I've got four children and, you know, they're absolutely key in my life. And, and they now range from 20 to 30 years old. So, you know, three boys and a girl. So they're all doing very, very well in their careers. And you look at, they, they're all very different and they all have different needs. And, and then, you know, I went for a divorce a few years back and you reevaluate your role as a father, possibly as a father at that point, it's always via the mother and then that dynamic changes. So you have to sort of look at your own relationship with your own children and how you can build and bring the very best out of that but still trying to give them guidance and influence in that. So from that point of view, that's the, that part that drives me on to have success that I can ultimately support my family until such a time in their life, if ever there is time, that you don't need to do that. And influences in, in my life are more broader. I love a good story. And, you know, something without sounding super cheesy, but Dragon's Den, you know, that entrepreneurial shit, actually watching the dragons is a part of that, but actually seeing what did they see in that business and, and seeing opportunity. And, and I've more recently joined East, uh, sorry, uh, Guernsey Rugby Club. And, you know, it's, it's a bigger uh, business than East Guernsey Rugby Club is, but still got some of the same challenges. So what I'm able to do is look at some of the ideas that we've used at East Guernsey and bring it into 
a bigger national two club and how we can develop sponsorship and supporting those platforms but you have simple dynamics where you have players that are not paying their subs but as a ZEC committee you're all sitting there not getting paid so it's trying to get the whole club to say we are all wholly dependent on each other you need the, the uh, prima donnas running around on the pitch but you need the crusty old ones generating the money and the sponsorship to make that club work team Gary, great to hear some of the stories and the passions that you've got. You know, rugby, family, and your business come absolutely shining out, mm. which is which is great. Well, you know, one of my passions is music, as you know. Yeah. I'm a cool guy, you know. I subscribe uh, to your channels, mate. Brilliant. Keep going. Like that. Plug the channel. That's brilliant. Um, but I'm interested. Music. Come on. What gets oh. your foot tapping and your bum wiggling? Wow. Well, this is possibly a little bit of Achilles heel for me. Uh, my fiance Debbie uh, and I, we get on incredibly well, and we're very, very similar in many, many ways, other than music. Right. Uh, apparently, I'm a, a dinosaur stuck. On, She's right there, on, mate. <laughs> yeah, popular music from the eighties, and uh, if it's not a bit of Whitney uh, and a few big ballads banging out, or uh, a, a bit of. Uh, you know, any uh, George Benson or something like that. But that's, that's, I think I grew up on that. And I know we all have a, a genre we grow yeah. up on, but they were good times in my life. And, and they started to help me define, you know, I, I chucked in my Saturday night fever greasing, but that was that, probably like that Gary moving on from that quieter child I'd mentioned earlier in my life to probably finding my own character right. and that. So, should the music go on? What gets the foot tapping? A bit of clearly now I'm at the point when it's dead dancing, you know, and we've got our first family wedding coming up later Magic. this year. Uh, sorry, next year. So, uh, you know, I, I look forward to that. But 80s kid, me, you know. I, I knew the answer to that, really, and I knew it would tickle in your fancy. And uh, I, I love that, mate. And that's what I love about you. Not afraid to, you know, even like a bit of cheese, mate, on the music front. Or a lot more cheese. Or, or a lot more. <laughs> so, look, Gary, it's a pleasure, you know, pleasure being friends. Yeah. Pleasure doing business. Thanks a lot for your time, buddy. Thank you. Take care.